I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? The only podcast that uses cutting-edge science to answer the questions that you actually have. Things like, why is the sky blue? What's up with trees? And how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck chuck could in fact chuck wood? I got that wrong, but I don't care. On my left, I have Oz Ismail. Oz is a PhD student in neuroimaging and dementia, a Tinder aficionado, and is a compendium of awkward sexual advice. On my right, as always, I've got Suhail Patel. Suhail is an amazing journalist. He makes incredible videos for the BBC and... He's learning a lot more about science. And you know it, we know it, she's here. We've got Hannah Ayub. Hannah is an amazing artist, a creative producer, and is the only person I know who is allergic to hypoallergenic dogs. So guys, the world has been all kinds of mad this week, from Brexit like, that's not... Is that happening? What's going it's on? It's been going on for, like, how many years? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Now, Elon <laughs> Musk is going wild on Twitter. Uh, he's claiming that nanotechnology is bullshit and it isn't a thing, even though nanotechnology is what gives the technology for his electric car batteries in his Teslas to be powered. So the world's a bit weird right now and we might need to escape. But someone who's already escaping is Oz. Isn't that right? Well, I'm trying to. Don't just, leave us. Yeah. You guys just keep doing stuff to keep me here. Yeah. Stay. So Oz, uh, if uh, listeners don't know, he's currently in the final year of his PhD. Yes. And so for the last bit of it, he's going on placement to the US, to Portland. To Portland, where the yeah. cool kid's at. Yeah. And uh, when were you meant to leave? Um, <laughs> one thing In April? <laughs> one thing, Ozzy, when you get to Portland, it's, don't say that. Um, Don't say that. It's not going to end well. <laughs> hey, I will be like the cool British guy who Just everyone don't. will love. So, Just. like, what stopped you from getting to Portland? So much paperwork, yeah. so much admin, yeah. especially, you know, when you have a name like Ozawa and, you know, <laughs> Damn. Oh, yeah. extra admin. Yeah, yeah, yeah your, your Al-Qaeda tribute act name. <laughs> yeah, I see you. But, like, there's so much tech and science involved in, like, the entire process of traveling by flight. Like when we break it down so uh i think today's discussion is going to be that it's going to be the science and tech of traveling by flight yeah it's let's do it it's pretty incredible isn't it? Yeah. yeah so uh do you travel often by plane yes yeah although mm. i haven't been on a plane in over a year which feels really weird for me yeah like i'm getting like this weird restless feeling so when do you where do you normally go 
to go to Singapore pretty mm. regularly because mm. that's where my mum's family's from. Mm. Um, and previously, I've done quite a lot of sort of flying to Europe for short breaks as well. How about you, man? Uh, do you know what? Weirdly, I haven't travelled a lot on planes. Mm. I would love to, but um, first of all, I get vertigo, so <laughs> that's not good. And secondly, I get horrendous, it's all coming back now. horrendously sick. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So first thing you've got to do is buying your tickets, mm. and that's really that can be so annoying right now, right? thing is it's so much easier now you say it's annoying right listen i remember coming to the uk on a paper like paper ticket book <laughs> fuck off paddington <laughs> it's like back in i came here with a suitcase a box and a paper ticket book okay oh my god why are you my dad this is when tv was still black and white <laughs> this is actually a true story He's part of the still- wind rush <laughs> Did you have a sign around your neck saying, please take care of this pair? <laughs> no, but my dad did have to sign a letter saying that he, he would take full responsibility for me because I was underage when I came here. Did you get into jaunty escapades with your foster family? No, I didn't have a foster family. Did you have a French tea for marmalade? <laughs> <laughs> no, none of these things happened. <laughs> Fuck off, Paddington. <laughs> but so, so you're actually telling me that you come here through paper tickets. I don't remember those at all. Yeah. So basically, you used to get a little booklet, mm-hmm. and each book, the booklet had like the booklet had several um, vouchers with like an electronic magnetic strip on it. Oh shit! So all your information would be stored on that little magnetic strip. Yeah. But before that, before my time, <laughs> there didn't used to be a magnetic strip. So basically, it goes. Well, we just had the railway in it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And hot air balloons. I, I don't know, because I wasn't born then. Was there a before your time? <laughs> yes, there was. Oh, wait. So was that, the, was that before or after the Industrial Revolution? I don't remember, because I'm so old. <laughs> before or after the dinosaurs? Ha-ha, <laughs> uh-huh, I was this old. Oh, Listen, this. kids. <laughs> I, was just... I am telling you to respect your elders, okay? <laughs> All the cultures you come from, that's a thing. Respect your elders. You're a beautiful young man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so we've got... Uh, so you're talking about these paper tickets, yeah? But right now, we don't have to do any of that because you can just buy stuff on your app. Right, exactly. So now everything is electronic. So all you need is just your ticket number and ev- all your information is stored electronically. And the reason, the actual reason this happened was because turns out it was just to reduce cost. It wasn't actually to save paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the IATA, who regulate basically all air travel, mm-hmm. they decided in, gosh, a long time ago that paper tickets were just not cost effective anymore. I don't know what IATA stands for, so I'm going to assume International Air Travel Association. That's a pretty fucking good that's, guess. That's pretty <laughs> much it, yeah. Master hey. of the acronym. We bow before you, it's Alex. context. <laughs> yeah, GCHQ, where you at? Okay, so when you've got paper ticket and then you've gone to an app um, and you've gone to an app because... You just want to save a bit of money. Mm. Where does that leave the landscape of buying tickets? Like, because right now, everyone uses apps, right? You guys all use like apps to buy tickets or do you use like the websites? Like Website. Yeah. 
Uh, do you know what websites are the best way, isn't it? You've got mm. so many great comparison sites. and Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, the, the problem with using websites, don't mm. they like, the more you search for stuff on a website, because it saves that information, right? Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So you've got to clear your like cache, like clear the cookies, because um, it uses this thing called dynamic pricing. Um, so instead of like, you know, if you refresh your browser a million times a second, mm. that's not going to make the price go down like some people think. Mm. Um, what you but got- doesn't it drive it up because yeah. they know that you there's demand for that flight? Yeah, they're like, oh, lots of people are looking at this flight. We can actually put the prices up, um, which is why if you clear your cookies or look at an incognito window, um, that's a lot better. So you should definitely like clear the cookies. So those are like the bits of information that's stored in your computer every time you access a website. Um, so deleting those effectively deletes the fact that you have searched for this flight and you'll get a better price. And that applies to car insurance and lots of other things as well because they all use dynamic pricing. <laughs> wow. But that's, that's crazy, isn't it, that they can just do that? Like, surely, how is that not regulated still? Given that so many people fly now, because flying used to be a thing that only rich people did, mm. right? And now everybody flies. Like, mm. it's become accessible to everybody. In, how, come, how, are they, yeah. how is it not more regulated do you know what I mean? Well, interestingly, in economics, you call that price discrimination. Mm. So it's like the theory of how you charge different people different prices meant to be like the best like version of the market because you right. charge people who can afford more and more and people who can afford less less. But the way you're describing it is it, it doesn't actually work quite like that. It's like... <laughs> it's it's charging people who really want a flight. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, more, that's more demand and supplies and that's more traditional economics, which is like... You know, there's high demand for something. There's a fit, finite amount of like seats on the plane. So naturally, if they think they can charge more, yep. there's more value to it, and they'll charge more. Won't they? There's high demand, but also mm. I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, so let's say that you've bought your ticket, right? Um, right yeah. now, we're going to use Oz's trip to Portland uh, as an example. So, Oz, we finally got your ticket to Portland. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and then you go to the airport. And then it comes to checking in. So when you guys go to airports uh, and you're going for an international flight, how much time do you give yourselves? Three hours minimum. Agreed. 17 minutes. No, really? How <laughs> You've much missed your flight already. <laughs> like, how, how much time do you give yourself? Uh, no, nah, nah, three hours. I'm not yeah, an idiot. Exactly. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We are all people of color in here. Okay. This has been ingrained into us. Right. I think, I think <laughs> because I've seen people, my favorite brand of YouTube video currently is um, watching people going for international flights and being told they missed their flight. <laughs> That's so sadistic. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, I've got 15 minutes left. No, you can't get through security. <laughs> yeah. Gate is closed 15 minutes before. <laughs> Denied. Uh, uh. I'd say I show up three hours minimum. Mm. When I'm on the way out of like the UK, that always works. Mm. When we're flying back from Singapore, we'll arrive three hours early, but then we'll get dragged off to eat and to say bye to all the family. And more than once, we've ended up like running through the airport whilst our names are being called over the. Wait, 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 wait! Wait, You bring your family to the airport? No, never do that. You cut ties. You don't have a choice. (laughs) Oh wow! They have like a whole escort, like a whole fucking like cabal. Like like, Changi Airport in Singapore is like practically like a theme park. Like people go there when they're not using the airport part of it. So trying to convince people not to come is really difficult. We're talking about checking in now. Um, And so like, I know you can check in. Sometimes you can do self-check-in. But 
But the thing is, people are people are trying to push that even further now. So apparently, what a lot of companies are now looking at, people who design airports, they want check-in to like happen way before you even go to the airport. Yeah. So there are like some airlines and some airports that are trialing like self selfie check-ins. Wait, so like, because right now you can sort of check in before you even get to the airport. Yeah, but you can't. You can check in, but you still have to like check in. You still have to yeah. check in, check like, in, right? I, I do it with my dad whenever he goes back and forth to Ghana. Yeah, and um, I always um, put him on the seat nearest to the toilet um, <laughs> because I'm passive aggressive. And two, um, I always I always give him uh, a vegetarian meal <laughs> just because I know he'll get annoyed. Oh no, you're the worst. <laughs> Child. I'm not. You are the worst. Yeah. Those are my two favorite things in the place. What, what, can, <laughs> what can he do? He's at 36,000 feet. Cabin pressure does stuff to you, man. <laughs> and it's fine. So, so you're saying that we can actually check in using our face? Yeah. So, what a lot of a lot of people, not a lot of people, a lot of airports and a lot of travel companies what they want to do is make the queuing much less because that's the thing that people hate mm. the most mm. is endless queues mm. i think we're a long way away from like security queues becoming any any sort of quicker because security is really essential but there is one company that's actually trying to develop the future of airports where they believe that there will be ways that you can be tracked from the moment you enter the airport Mm. You, there will be information on every single person that they can track you because what they say is 99% of passengers are clean. There's only a small fraction who are trying to do something dodgy or trying to take something dodgy on a plane or smuggle stuff. So we're basically wasting time at the airports, like screening all these people. Usually it's like us who get screened, <laughs> whatever. No, it's true. No, because I get screened yeah. all the time. It's yeah. fucking annoying. You said that like security queues aren't going to get any shorter because mm. it's really important. But... Quite a lot of research has shown that all the security we actually see and all the hassle is just security theatre. So it's not actually doing anything. That anything that might prevent things is happening behind the scenes. So that's a very good point because basically, you know, people people know that there's security checks. People aren't mm. gonna like deliberately take something mm. on, right? So that if they're gonna do something, they're gonna put it in their hold luggage. Mm. But hold luggage goes through so much more screening in the really? bowels of the airport. Yeah, I didn't know that. I I genuinely thought you could just put all matter of dumb stuff in your in your bag. And- no, it goes through <laughs> so much screen. At the moment, so you mean you drop it on the belt, you see it go through that curtain. And you think it's gone to your plane? No, it goes through so much before it actually hits the plane. Really? And it gets like a thorough like screening before they actually let you on the plane. And you don't know that because your bags have always made it probably. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. people, people, if people put something on there, it's going to get stopped and it's going to get intercepted. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> I'm not smiling I said anything. Alex knows that his bags <laughs> always reached. But on the other hand... Listen, that was <laughs> one time. Yeah, like your bags got you lost your luggage uh, when you're going to, was it Long Year Buy-In? Yeah, Long Year Buy-In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you, when you they, they lost our luggage. Yeah, lost your luggage. They lost it. Air quotes. And all my... Now listen, listen, I'll never smuggle anything like that. So the thing is, these this company that's developing the future of airports, they believe that in the future that's how people will get tracked or security screened is we'll have information already. So from the moment you enter, there'll be so many different technologies that will be tracking every single person from the point they enter the airport all the way through check-in to the gate. 
Wow. And in terms of like getting to the gate, there are already several airports, including like Changi Airport in Singapore. They're trialing using biometrics to actually enter the plane as well. Because at the moment, when you get to the gate, most airports, you have to still once again, show your passport and boarding card. They look at you, they look at your passport, they make sure that you're the same person before they let you on. Yeah. So you do all that. Um, and you're saying that this biometric method, it could just mean you use your body as a Basically, yeah, the future of airports is you basically use your fa- you scan your face into this app and you scan your passport. It will match the biometrics on there. Then you get to check in. There'll be another camera scanning your face. It'll print your luggage tags for you because like check-in is pretty much all- already pretty automated and you can do bag drop and everything yourself. There's usually someone there to help you, right? But in the future, it's going to be, you won't have to interact with anybody. You just go through the whole process so smoothly up until you hit the gate. Oh my God. In theory. In theory. In theory. In theory, you're saying that if I get a good seat on the plane and decent flight attendance, it means the only person I'd have to interact with is the person at the gate. Mm-hmm. Not even at the gate, because the gate will also scan wait, your wait, biometrics. So the person on the plane. On the plane, the person who welcomes you on board will be the first person you have to interact with. Oh my God. Do you not like interacting with people on the plane? No, I absolutely love interacting. Of course, I hate interacting with people. Really? I made a podcast so I could interact with people (laughs) on grounds that I set using parameters that I enjoy (laughs) and edit the conversation in a way that makes me seem hilarious. (laughs) And you're saying that, oh, it's news to me. Do you just like interaction? Listen, I like to play trivial pursuit with people on the plane, so that's just oh you're that guy who tries to be friends with everyone (laughs) hi guys does anyone want to play with me i just play trivial pursuit by myself you have to take off your shoes when you're going through security you've got the x-ray machines that you put your bags through and you've got the metal detector you got to walk through and which i always forget to take my belts off for um I know, I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should know by now. I know. They, they already can spot us from a distance, I okay? Like, I always try, like, not to wear an underwire bra, and then I forget and That's can't true. take that yeah. off. Yeah, so yeah. Do, you, do you go over there and get patted down? Yeah. Yeah. I have the same problem. Yeah, so... <laughs> What's best is if you're travelling like through Dubai Airport and you literally have to get taken off to be like patted down a separate area with, where only women are. It's like girls' toilets, which are always well, well nice, and then you come I to the boys' know, toilets. It's and it's like, like I've always been treated pretty well, but I know not everyone is. Ah, uh, yes. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what happened to me in Spain. Okay, I got pulled aside, and then they were like, they checked everything, and then they got this swab, and they started like swabbing me, including my crotch, and I was like, what the fuck are you trying to like test for on my crotch over my jeans? This is not even an STD test. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, I was like, are you sure you're in the right place? You might be in a doctor's yeah. They did that to me yeah. in my first time. But the funniest oh, thing, the funniest thing is like, there was there was this old white couple in front of me and we were going to security and I, I, like, they got chatting. So I was like, just watch as I get separated from the group to get get checked. And they nervously laughed. They were like, ha, ha, ha. And then as they were swapping me down, I was like, don't you, don't you. It's happening, it's happening. And they were so uncomfortable. I was just like, this is prejudice in action. Damn it. That's right. We've got to understand that every member of this podcast likes to make white people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was not a true story, but it happened. That's so messed up. Okay. 
Okay, so when you're going through security, you've got mm. the x-ray machine, you've got taking your shoes off, you've got the metal text of your bag, but you've also got that x-ray detector machine that does sort of full body scans. Have you guys ever had to use that? Every single time I get selected for it. Wow. <laughs> Every yeah. single time. That's weird. I've not had that full scan before, but I do agree with you. It is more, it is far more difficult. Like Statistically, I'm always more likely to get stopped than mm. people I'm with. And that's actually a serious problem, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Do you think they're using like one of the, you know, the family guy, like mm. colour swatch chart, where it's oh. like terrorist, <laughs> terrorist. Yeah. Maybe it is like, you know, <laughs> random check, full mm. body x yeah, completely. <laughs> but like those x-ray machines, right, they're super interesting. Mm, go on. So uh, the UK, um, before 2010, they trialed uh, this new method of screening passengers. So it's using something called backscatter x-ray. Um, and what it does is it actually allows people who are in there to have this 360 degree view. So you can see like under the clothes as well as like skin and bones. So you can get like full on levels to this. Wow. Oh, wow. But what was really interesting, because in 2010, um, civil rights groups um, successfully argued here in the UK um, that body scanning of children um, contravened the law to um, relating to child pornography. Okay, okay, yeah. Because that yeah. X-ray image would be creating uh, under the clothes image of a child. Absolutely. Also, how mm. long do they do they store these images? I don't know. Because that's another yeah. point, isn't it? That yeah. you know, it's something that you have to do, mm. right? But I don't know how many of my mm. images would be stored. Listen, if you want to see my naked body, <laughs> all you gotta do is just ask. <laughs> okay, but okay, cool. But I've got, I've got to move on, otherwise we'll never get there. So um, these were then switched out. So these um, this backscatter X-ray um, machine was switched out for a millimeter wave. So the millimeter wave scanners are different because they show any hidden items without actually showing the body of the passenger, which makes them, I don't know, a bit better in terms of civil rights. Right. Because um, mm. it doesn't show your naked body. So that sounds like a good balance, like security yeah. as well as... Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even when it comes to the safety on like backscatter x-rays, there's um, so much disagreement on whether or not using it is safe, whether or not um, people, you know, who have this done repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly suffered any detriment. It's really good the scanners they use now um, aren't these backscatter x-ray ones. I mean, the only, the one time I had a good experience, mm. right? I was in the queue, security, Wretch32 was in front of me. And my friend was in me, he's like, that's Wretch32. Like, what? <laughs> that's Wretch32. And I looked, it was Wretch32 and his entourage, like they were all going on holiday somewhere. Oh, I'm so impressed. My only one is that um, after security in the check-in lounge when I was going to Ghana, I was flying via Morocco and uh, I saw Action Bronson. He was on the plane with me. Rapper. Okay. I, I'm honestly surprised that you know who Reg32 is. You don't know who Action Bronson is. <laughs> Sounds a lot like Ghostface Killer. Um, has a show on Vice where he talks about food. I will look him up. Cool. But yeah, no, I was like, oh shit, I'm on this plane uh, to Morocco. And I'm like, oh, if this plane goes down, it's super ricky. I'm like, fuck. It would be cool because I'd die with Action Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they'll come. They'll come. Like, you won't be alive to tell the tale. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be with Action Bronson. But yeah. Okay, cool. So let's say you get through, you get through security and then you're at the gate. You get through the gate and then you're on the plane. So when it comes to planes, just what's going on there? Because there are so many different kinds of planes, aren't there? Yeah, so many. So like the the most common, so obviously Boeing and Airbus are the most well-known 
companies that make planes and they obviously sell the most number of planes to airline companies. So like the 737 and there's the A320, they're the most commonly used mm. planes or the most ones you'll find in the sky, I guess. And like how many people can you fit on a plane? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen planes that have had like 200 people, if not more. On average, yeah. yeah. But now you can get those giant ones, can't you? Those double-decker oh, A380s. A380s. Yeah. Which can hold up to, apparently, up to 800 passengers. Whoa. Why would you want that? It's crazy. They're amazing. But They're why? so cool. They're so giant. The thing is, the problem is, you fly on one of those, and then it takes ages to get your bag, because there's fucking yeah. 800 bags on the plane. We'll, we'll talk about bags later. <laughs> um, okay, so I always think planes are quite interesting in terms of like how they fly it. And for something that big, you're talking like an A380, mm. like I can barely parallel park my car. Honestly, <laughs> I find it very difficult. Um, so how do pilots fly something that big? I mean, it's it's nuts, isn't it? Like, mm. isn't this all air traffic control's mm. job? Because yeah. there's so many. Have you guys seen that map that someone made once off the planes that are over London? Yeah. So many. Look so quickly, you can't see London anymore because it just gets coloured in mm. by all the all the routes. Yeah. Mm. But that's one of my favourite things is going on to like Flight Scanner or like seeing all that those websites that you can see the real-time maps mm. of um, planes that are flying. And it's really interesting that all of that is done basically by having a series of air traffic control towers. So like how it works is that you've got air traffic control towers in each sector. They control a different sector of airspace. And when a plane passes through each sector, they get handed on to like the next controller. So you get like this, you know, uh, yeah. So, so they like tag in and tag yeah, out. Yeah, it's like tag in, tag out, tag mm. in, like a relay race. Oh, mm. um, except that the baton is 200 to 800 people. <laughs> It's a big responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. 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 So um, what I thought was really interesting is that when you have international waters, like when you're flying over the Atlantic, each country um, that the Atlantic borders, I think this is true for all international territories, like international waters and stuff, um, they control their border positions. So um, the Atlantic is controlled um, by six countries, all under the... Um, International Civil Aviation Organization, the ICAO, their rules. Mm. So you've got um, the UK, Portugal, Canada, Norway, and the USA and Iceland all controlling different bits. And so you hand over as you travel across various bits, um, which is so interesting. It is. It's a real like triumph of yeah. diplomacy, isn't it? Yeah. And you've got to have people who are able to like share information and really understand what's going on and it like... I can barely collaborate with three people. Yeah. Imagine collaborating <laughs> with like a hundred on three hundred planes. Yeah, project. but then it's you crazy. don't have eight hundred people up in the sky, Alex. So yeah. might take it a bit more seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, so like when you when you're traveling to um, Singapore, mm -hmm. like how do you fly? Like you what fly. Route? Yeah, it, it usually depends. So I rarely fly fly direct because I am poor. Um, mm. So it really depends on where we're changing. Mm. Um, but I can I can picture the route in my head. Yeah. But I'm struggling to describe it. Where does it go? So you, you go like over... Then we go sort of over Europe. Over Europe. And um, then... Down to the Middle East. So yeah. normally change in Dubai. Mm. Um, and then across the Indian Ocean. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What are you, Sal? When you went to Longyearbyen, mm. you went... We went oh. to Oslo, and then yeah. from Oslo we went straight north up to Longyearbyen. There were super short flights, mm. uh, like internal within Europe, so they weren't like long-haul flights. Um, but they were. that was a pretty simple journey, to be mm. fair. That wasn't even complicated. So Oz, when it comes to like flying across the Atlantic, they've got something called NATS. So this is the North Atlantic Tracks. Um, basically, because these zones, like traveling across the Atlantic, that's like really, really packed. It's like the M25 at rush hour. But that means that there's more control over those yeah, regions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so there's lots of control, but because there's so many planes and such high demand to travel those routes, um, they fl- they split it into these NATs, so these North Atlantic tracks, and they ensure that air traffic control can like separate aircraft effectively, so aircraft don't get too close vertically or horizontally. Wow. Um, and so the routes that they choose are sort of based on lots of factors, but one of the main things is the jet stream. And so you guys know what the jet stream is, right? So is that like the direction of wind? Yeah, so basically the jet stream is um, fast-flowing air currents um, up in the air, I think near the troposphere. Um, Is that what causes turbulence when you, like, fly into those things? Potentially. Mm. But, Mm. like, um, these these lead to tailwinds. And tailwind, as I found out, is essentially wind that just travels from the direction of the tail towards the head. So it's like having wind that pushes you oh it's like when it's well windy and you yeah, put your yeah. hands out like this yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm superman <laughs> and i'm not superman um but picking those routes that have the best tailwinds 
um, can lead to flights being able to move faster. And right. so the routes oh, that you pick are more, based on yeah. yeah. You know what? Because I remember when I went to New York uh, school, we the trip there was fucking ages and then the way back is at like half the time and mm. we must have been in a jet stream yeah you might have, yeah. so you the jet stream led to a tailwind yeah. um which is really cool but like you can get the opposite sometimes which are headwinds mm. which is just wind flying into the plane <laughs> it's like it's like when you're cycling yeah. into the wind yeah. or with the wind you yeah. know it can take you half literally half the time to get somewhere mm. Mm. so when you guys go on planes do you ever turn your phones off yes do you? Well, I'm surprised. No, I, I never do. <laughs> Always. I do. The moment the, the plane pushes back from the terminal, then I switch off. Not yeah, when they tell yeah, me yeah. to. Up <laughs> under that point, I'm on I'm, WhatsApp. I'm normally yeah. like texting people. You fucking rebel. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just too cool for this. Yeah. Uh, not who I am. Sometimes maybe it's even like taxiing to the runway, but don't tell anyone that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I never turn mine off. But like, why do we, why do we need to turn it off? That's um, a really good question. Yeah, I'm right. really skeptical. Do you know what? This is, a, this is a very good question. So basically, because like all your devices will, will be giving out sort of ele- electromagnetic waves of different frequencies, mm. this in theory can interfere with the equipment on a plane that is also using similar frequencies. Mm. So what, like your actual phone signal and like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, like exactly. all of that? You know, every device has like all these different types of communication methods of communication right Mm. because there is it can potentially interfere with those signals Mm. that's why they tell you to switch it off Mm -hmm. right but i feel as though there's like a real reason that you're like yeah this is all bullshit but the real reason the thing is the thing is nothing bad has ever happened by someone pe- some people have accidentally left their phones on and it yeah. doesn't actually like that's happened to comp- me i've, I've fallen asleep on yeah. the plane and mm. just left it on or me and hell who, who keep it on purposely the entire but flight but the thing is i think the thing is think about think about 800 people leaving their phones on right no one's like been able to test the effect of 800 phones mm. being on at the same time whilst electronic like stuff is working in the planes I'm sure they have. I bet they have. I bet they have to do tests with planes and stuff that, like, they have to check out whether what would happen if there were 800 phones all sitting in. But I think, I mean, yeah, they must have done. But I think it's it's also very theoretical as well because, like, with a plane, like with 800 people, you can't take a risk, right? That's true. You can't just be like, oh, we've tested it and it's fine. Like, you know, you have to. If there is a slight risk, then you have to be like, we're going to be on the safe side. Absolutely, you know, it's people's lives, isn't it? Yeah. But I thought it was more to do with like. What was happening on the ground? So that's that's another reason that you know when you when you start looking into why why you can't keep your phone on, like especially in the states, apparently though the signals from phones, if you keep it on, that saturates the signal on the ground. So people using phones on the ground who actually need to use them can't because it clogs up. It, there's too much traffic. Is that partly because like domestic flights in the states are flying lower? Mm-hmm that's probably a reason i'm not sure if that's the reason but that's the re- that's one of the reasons that the I've forgotten who they are. CAA? no faa no, the yeah that's one of the reasons the no the fcc the federal communications commission oh, okay. have said that if you know if, if everyone used their phones in the sky that would saturate mm-hmm. the signals in the ground oh, and that's okay. a problem so there's multiple reasons why i've also seen some stuff about the social side of it so this idea that actually when we've got hundreds of people in an enclosed space that maybe we just want to suppress the amount of people that are like jabbering away on phones or, you know, having things going off all the time. Yeah. Like even on the tube now, when you can get to uh, different stations and then people, so I've had someone, you know, text 
like nudes next to me. I've had someone like, honestly, the worst thing I get aunties, uh, cause sometimes when I take the circle line, yeah, aunties leaving uh, voice notes on WhatsApp. And it's like, it's the worst thing. I don't want, oh, why are you doing this? And then they receive voice notes at whenever they get to the the uh, like next tube station. I'm like, ah, oh, I hate this so much. You know they're bringing the Wi-Fi on the tube. I know, and it's going to be the worst because I'm going to get more people sending nudes and sending voice notes. That's never a bad thing in my books. It, it really is. All right, I don't even see some guy's hairy penis uh, oh. like 8 a.m. It's beautiful in some way. I keep hearing more and more people like, ending up with people next to them watching porn on the tube as well, which is just not on. Yeah, so I don't really want that on the plane. (laughs) Cruising altitude for lots of planes is about 36,000 to 40,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And so the higher a plane flies, the thinner the air is. And so there's less drag on the plane and therefore less fuels actually required to get to the same speeds. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's less oxygen, um, there's fewer oxygen molecules that can combust with the fuel. So less power is generated. So what you've got to do is you've got to hit a sweet spot. Mm. Um, and so when you're when different planes, different planes have different sweet spots depending on like the aircraft itself, the weight, the atmospheric conditions, like the flight route, mm. the flight conditions, um, and aircraft uh, flight duration. So um, you've got lots of people who work as airline dispatchers, and they like basically do all the checks and balances. Um, so much maths, so many, oh, so much, yeah, job. so much maths um, to uh, okay, like the ideal conditions. Um, and to make sure that the plane can actually get from point A to point B. And then that gets okayed by air traffic control who like route the planes through specific routes, which can then be changed depending on weather. So there's so much mm-hmm. um, to think about, like when you think about planes going up to a cruising altitude and then you being able to get up and go to the loo. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Like we just get on with stuff. So much else is happening in the background. Mm. Do you guys ever feel weird on planes? I feel weird all the time. No, like, do you get because, like, on planes, I feel like I feel restless, and my like my legs feel like I don't know, achy sometimes. Yeah. I guess. Well, that's because the planes, the so the planes do change your physiology a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, I know Sahel, you get properly ill. I get properly ill, really, like, like get out of the plane, everyone. It's like that type of ill. I really struggle with take off and landing but i'm absolutely fine in the middle which is actually why i prefer long haul flights because at least there's you know a chunk of time between those two periods of extreme pain (laughs) so i guess there's a lot happening in those in those different phases aren't there Mm. because generally so as you're taking off they start to pressurize the cabin Mm. we talked about this in the previous episode uh with anna pozhaisky where she was talking about planes that could potentially uh use smart materials and be based on like Leonardo da Vinci's designs and like really be inspired by nature to make a smarter plane. Mm. But like the body does some weird things when you're in planes, like it gets really, really dry. You get different altitudes. What does that lead to? Yeah. So basically because when you're flying that high, the air is so thin that you can't, we humans can't physiologically cope above, I think 10,000 feet above sea level. Mm. Right. So the cabin is allocated a certain altitude, a cabin altitude. So that, what that means is that's the amount of pressure that's equivalent to sea, to sea level pressure, basically, mm. right? So 
in the cabin, even though we're at 35,000 feet, the cabin pressure is around 8,000 to 6,000 feet, I think. Mm. Okay. So that depends. So obviously the higher you go, the the worse you're going to feel because it's more unnatural because you're further away from sea level. That yeah, makes sense, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of uh, plane manufacturers do research into this to actually get the right conditions in a cabin. And they also, the more recent advancements in making planes, yeah. what they do is they use these uh, composite materials. Mm. In the future, they're going to start using more and more of this uh, material called carbon fiber reinforced polymer, which is basically a very light fiber reinforced plastic which can contains carbon fibers right that means that they can make the body of the plane a lot stronger which means that they don't they they can play around with the cabin pressure basically okay so the inside pressure of the cabin can be brought down slightly which means that your body can will not be straining as much to cope with the amount of artificial like conditions that the plane puts you under because the plane is a lot stronger it means that the difference between the outside pressure and the inside pressure can be like a lot different yes so it can take that like one of those uh things that goes right to the bottom of the ocean um you know where you like when they're looking for the titanic and stuff that was mm. made out of super strong stuff and it was okay because all it had to do was drop to the bottom of the ocean yeah it didn't have to fly um cool so but when we're on the plane stuff like do you guys do you guys actually eat plain food I actually really like plain food. Right. We're going to discount everything Hannah says. <laughs> so, Hale, do you actually like plain food? I like all food equally without prejudice. Because on the planes, like our taste buds, they don't work properly. Yeah, this is true. I've heard of this. Yeah, again, yeah. it's to do with cabin pressure because because it's the plane is such a... Because it's so dehydrating being inside the plane, right? And this is, again, to do with the cabin pressure as well as the fact that, that the air that is circulating around is just repeatedly filtered. So it's very dry air that you have in, inside the cabin. That then dries out sort of your your nasal passages and this affects the way you can taste, right? Mm. And so that's why a lot of people experience this like awful taste when they taste food on the plane. And allegedly like this is compensated for. There's a lot of science that goes into the food prep of plain food so that they can enhance flavors. And also typically a lot of airlines will serve quite like flavorsome food. Mm. To um, make up for the fact that it doesn't actually have flavor. Right, yeah. yeah. So okay. what what if you eat that food on the ground and it's gonna you're gonna, is it gonna be like really it's very good strange. question I've yeah. never like tried we can try that to that's what we're gonna do we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go on eBay and we're gonna find uh, the people who cater can for I planes. have your three week three can I have your three week old sandwich please I also <laughs> might have just explained why I like plain food because you because like- my entire basically nasal system doesn't really function properly anyway so for people who are new to this podcast hannah um has a body that doesn't think she should survive her brain and her body are at constant war so basically the the entire system in your head that is meant to like account for changes in pressure doesn't really work in me so so you're basically allergic to flying as well to everything we've established <laughs> it's like that scene in mr uh, in the simpsons where mr burns has all the diseases and he pushes them through the door it's like oh and this is what your body's like so, so i'm invincible invincible <laughs> yes. oh, no 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 a slight a slight breeze could invincible <laughs> i hear what i want to hear <laughs> How do you sleep on planes? Do you guys sleep on planes? Yes. Peacefully. 
Really? So yeah. again, like I think it's varied because like I find it really hard to sleep on planes, but mm-hmm. it depends on how tired I am as well. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about, you have to account for jet lag. It might be depending on which direction you're flying, if you're flying to to the country or from the country. I once slept through, like flying to Ghana, I slept through turbulence over the Sahara so bad that um, like all the luggage started coming out, out, of, out of there. <laughs> All started coming out of there. Um, no, 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 no. Because it's a flight going to Ghana at a, a very weird hour. Um, like it was just aunties everywhere. Like oh, in real people, so, someone started leading a prayer circle. Like <laughs> generally thought that was it. Some guy started like he started praying. Like everything went bad. Everything. I said, and also there was a guy being deported. Um, and he was three yeah. rows in front of me. And so he was cuffed to the chair and the two people next to him. And he was going on a wild one. And so my mom told me about this after. She's like, how did you sleep through that? I'm actually really jealous that you managed to sleep through that. Yeah. I just got a vision of you, just like things like, just like slow-mo, like just craziness around you. You're just like peacefully sleeping. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, I can sleep through the anything. The plane's going to crash. <laughs> so when the, when the plane landed, all right, like I don't know if you, you guys have this, but the applause, the applause was monumental. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, very good. Man did his job. <laughs> they were applauding your nap, bro. That's what they're doing. <laughs> okay, so what what are planes doing to help people fall asleep? So planes don't help people fall asleep at all, given like <laughs> the fact that you are at pre- you are at a weird pressure, you're dehydrated, and also engine noise. It's like in, if you if you're traveling in an old make of a plane, you, it's very loud. Or if you're traveling in a small plane, right? So there are things that the newer planes they are changing to make this better. So for example, like the newer those Airbus A380s, they actually in the design of the body they have they do things to dampen the sound in designing that body so that so if you're in one of those planes you don't actually hear that engine noise as much as if you're on a on a regular sort mm. of old plane mm. but also companies like Airbus and Boeing they're also playing around with the lighting yeah because they've done this research where they've I think Boeing did this research where they put people on two different planes they were exactly identical planes but the space and the lighting was different in one and the people who were on the plane that had better spacing and lighting <coughs> came off much happier mm. and they thought that they had had a better flight the conditions were better the food, like everything was better for them yeah. simply because the atmosphere was better in their minds i can totally believe that yeah. so so this is what these companies are doing now they're just playing around with the light and the spacing and specifically like in the past you know they turn the lights off when they think that they want to turn the lights off you go to sleep then suddenly the lights will come on and they start serving meals right a lot of airlines are now changing that mm. they're they're gradually increasing the lighting as they want people to wake up for mealtime then they use like warm tones for mealtime mm. and then they also try to match the lighting at the destination countries so like okay. to match time zones interesting i think that's really interesting i know there's lots of other things so there's things apart from blue light you've got like you've got some airlines who are bringing in things like sleep pods that can be stored away in the hold mm. and then come up when people want to sleep and so it saves space but gives people an actual nice sleeping environment um and so you know even bring in like meeting lounges that way so you're actually hiding office and infrastructure space under there yeah um so that allows 
planes to like become modular and change you know okay, stuff up yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. related to who's flying and what people need okay let's say you've got to portland you've landed and everything's been great but then you have to go through the hardest bit of your flight as ozama ismail <laughs> passport control hooray Yay, discrimination okay. <laughs> okay so right now when we've got our e-passports mm-hmm. they have a chip in there right mm-hmm. so that's sort of with the the biometric passports they have a right. chip yeah and you can sometimes scan them yeah um and that has your face so the uk passport the uk biometric passports in the chip they store your facial biometrics yeah so it analyzes all the characteristics of your face um like through this digital video camera and then it measures like your overall facial structure um like distance between your eyes and mm. jaw edges and mouth like you know if you ever wanted to put your face inside a video game when it makes you like do that no just me okay i've always I've wa- done that, yeah yeah, yeah like still, yeah i've always yeah. wanted to see what i'd look like as a football manager manager um <laughs> i could have said football manager in it um but it does it has all that data and then it's uh compared against you when you stand next to the passport control so that that facial data and you know sometimes fingerprint mm. data stored in the passport and then it gets compared against you bedraggled coming off a plane yeah just like Ugh. affected by cabin pressure yeah it's funny the first time i actually had to use my biometric passport i, I was going through the e-gates and it wouldn't recognize me i was like what this is this camera is racist mm. like <laughs> clearly just because i'm dark right no, I was just wearing my hat and my glasses. <laughs> and they were like, take off your hat. It's <laughs> so, like, damn it, this discrimination yeah, again. I'm like, quick to jump on the discrimination. No, it's just me, sorry. That's actually happened to me, though. I've been standing in the airport. So we've been skiing, right, with a bunch of my white friends, right? And I was only, like, ethnic minority, yeah? Everyone goes, I'm the last person going through these e-gates. Everyone goes through one, two, three, four, five. Me last, red. It's like red. It's like waiting. They're behind the guy looking. They're like talking about me between them and shit. Five minutes later, the door opens. I'm like, thank fuck. <laughs> Saying the e-gates do not work for me. Didn't work for me. Didn't work for my girlfriend. And so we had to sort of walk through. And she's like, Alex, I know you think you're funny, but don't make any jokes right now. Okay? <laughs> we are so close to being back home. We've been flying for like... 12 13 hours at this point with a, a baby in front of us screaming um and a person next to us who didn't want to get out of their seat um who just every time we wanted to go use the loo they'd sit up on their seat like crouched in the fetal uh, position that's what the fuck are you doing <laughs> get out the way like they did this in the first five minutes and i was like oh fuck this is gonna be a pattern um, <laughs> so she's like yeah don't make any fucking jokes it's true though that's the jokes. one place you, you don't want to be making listen, jokes you did the right just thing asking for trouble if you do. I made so many jokes <laughs> you did the right thing alex <laughs> you just ask for trouble um <laughs> okay so you get through that you're through there and you get to baggage reclaim the final bit before you can leave the airport what's going on there in terms of tech because right now all i know is maybe the plane people take the bag off the plane they don't have to screen it you get screened when you're leaving the country so they just take it and put it on a little gurney thing (laughs) and you wait (laughs) you wait and what new things are going to happen Actually, I think our suitcases probably have the most interesting journey in an airport, right? Mm. Because from the moment you drop it off and check in, it goes through that little curtain, right? It goes through such a journey. There are some awesome videos online. So what he's saying is that the next Pixar movie is going to be bags. Bags. Yeah. I want to see that. The story yeah. of bags. It's so, it's like insane. I could like watch those videos for ages because basically people have done these videos where they attach a camera to, their, to the top of the bag. Right. And then, it, I mean, this is like authorized, by the way, <laughs> where they, and they follow what happens. And you can just see the robotics involved 
It's basically miles and miles and miles of conveyor belts, mm. right? All interlinked and it's all based on, you know, that tag they put on your suitcase? It's all made. Yeah, yeah, it's a barcode that's unique to your bag and also another barcode that contains all your information about where you're going and who you are. But there's you know, not a huge amount of technology when it comes to getting it off because it still has to go around that little conveyor belt that we all wait for. And it's the worst thing in the world because you get in a fight with someone else because they happen to go to the same sports direct as you. <laughs> it's like, why does everyone have the same? fucking bag yeah, that's why you always put something on your bag to help you like like a big ribbon bow or something I just like put, that or, yeah. you know if you are a discerning type you could put on a perfectly vinyl circular merch <laughs> from wine you adopt yeah it's a sticker yes Truth. and that Truth. way that way even if there is someone else there with the same sticker you've made a fantastic friend because you know they have great taste you can find this in our merch shop <laughs> just cover the whole bag <laughs> why not adopt stickers yeah honestly you could yes. I, I would do a special deal for anyone who wants to cover <laughs> <laughs> their entire suitcase and widen your doctor yet stickers um so with baggage reclaim uh the amount of technology that could potentially go into it is really fascinating there are some companies around the world which are hoping to make it a bit more personal so that when you arrive somewhere you have all this data that's attached to you you know all this mm. biometric data all of your boarding data all your traveling data um why not just apply it to your baggage so you could be able to go to your like a gate and pick up your bag. Like a right. bag comes, as soon as it comes out, you pick it up. And so that's what some companies around the world are hoping to do, hoping to achieve. And I think that would be like amazing. Mm. What are, don't you guys agree? What an innovation in travel. Yeah. That, you're right, it's one of the worst parts of it. And mm. if you yeah. could make that better, I think that would be a lot less stress for everyone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess like this, for, for from an airport's point of view, it's in terms of handling a bag, once it's got to destination, that's like... L- presumably less admin for them, right? Because yeah. when you check in, because so many people checking in bags mm. and it has to be sent to right planes, but taking it off the plane and yeah. put, like giving it back because you don't have to security screen it again. You just have to give it to the person so they can get on with their journey. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. And then like you get to leave the airport yeah. and then you're done. So Oz, with all of this in mind, are you hoping that your flight to Portland is going to be smooth? Are you looking forward to it? Hey, as a seasoned traveller and now with all this mad knowledge mm-hmm. on flying, I think I'm going to have a great time flying yeah. to Portland. Listen, we're all coming with you, bruv. Yeah, yeah. Why not a dog go to Portland? It's great. You open up you open up your bag and it's just like so. Hi. Hi. Okay. Bag covered in Why Not a Dog stickers. <laughs> So, guys, we have come to the end of the podcast. Uh, I actually feel that sadness I feel when I come back from holiday. I feel like I've been on holiday on this podcast. I really want to go on holiday now. <laughs> that, that tells us the difference between how much I enjoy this and how much Hannah's enjoying this right now. That's you guys. You guys did this to her. We love you, Hannah. So, have you guys learned a lot today? You enjoyed it? Do you know what? I've learned a lot. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I've loved it. Yeah. I was, are you actually going to be able to go to Portland? Hey, if I don't, we just keep talking. We just keep talking. <laughs> At least you've got this knowledge. I've got the knowledge. Yeah. I've enjoyed it immensely. As always, I've been Alex Lathbridge. I've been joined by Hannah, Sahail, and Oz. See you later. Peace out.
Bye. And this has been Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? Peace. So you might be thinking, oh my God, how do I hear more about this amazing podcast that combines humor, entertainment, pop culture, and cutting edge science? Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys are geniuses and I have questions only they can answer. Or you might be thinking, oh wow, these guys aren't even real doctors and I know way more about science than them and I want them to know this, so how do I let them know this as quickly as possible? So what you've got to do for us right now is leave us an iTunes review. I know you hear it everywhere, but it's super important because we want that sweet internet validation. Or you can send us your questions or comments by email. It's at whynotadoc at gmail.com. And if you want to stay up to date with what we're doing, you can go by social media. It's at whynotadoc on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, iTunes review, follow us on social media, annoy us by email. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.